You're listening to Voice Acting Mastery, episode number 81. Welcome to the Voice Acting Mastery podcast with Crispin Freeman. VoiceActingMastery.com is your place to learn both the skills and the mindset you need to become a professional voice actor, even if you're just getting started. In each episode of this podcast, you'll discover valuable tips, tricks, and insider information to help you portray characters in animation, video games, and beyond. And now here's your host, voice actor Crispin Freeman. Hi there. My name is Crispin Freeman, and I'll be your guide through the world of voice acting. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to check out my personal website at www.crispinfreeman.com. For this episode, I wanted to continue answering questions from my podcast audience. For those who may not be as familiar with the podcast, in past episodes, I've given out a phone number where you can call in and leave me a question about voice acting as a voicemail. From time to time, I'll pick the most relevant questions I receive and answer them here on the podcast. Let's get started. Let's answer some questions from you, our listeners. Um, hello, Kristen. Um, my name is Anthony, and I'm calling from uh, Lady Bill Belize. First of all, I want to say thank you for your recent post on Improved Podcast and your contributions to all your work. I just have one question. Just have two questions for you. Um, when you want to put yourself on the voice acting industry, do you have to be at least good enough to advertise yourself on the industry itself, such as business cards? websites, or contact information, depending on the studio you want to work with, or did they all call you? When you started off for the first time, um, did you have to audition first, or and then eventually they all call you? Or do you put in your personal information that you are available and ready to contribute, you know, to perform on the voiceover industry? And thanks. Hi there, Anthony. Let me see if I can rephrase your question to make it a little more clear to my listeners. I think what you're basically asking is whether or not producers and directors pursue actors in order to cast them in their projects, or whether actors pursue producers in order to work on their shows. I'm glad you asked this question, since people new to the world of acting are often confused as to how the process of casting actually works. Many people get their understanding of the acting industry from celebrity interviews or sensationalized entertainment magazines where it can seem like actors are pursued to play certain roles and can then pick and choose which roles to accept. While this can be the case with high-profile on-camera celebrities, it's not usually true for voice actors. While it is absolutely possible that once you've made a name for yourself as a voice actor, you might be approached to play a role by a producer who knows your work, it's actually quite rare for this to happen. Voice acting is not like being a live-action celebrity. And it's also not like having a more mainstream job, where if you are looking for work, you might post your resume on a job site and wait for someone to contact you. In order to effectively market yourself as a voice actor, you first need to understand that there are overwhelmingly more people who want to work as voice actors than there are roles for them to play. This means that producers are not going to be looking for you. They will be too busy listening to all the submissions from other voice actors hoping to be cast. If you want to be among the actors being considered for hire, you need to understand the casting process and decide how best to approach it based on your current skill level. Here's how the casting process works in the field of voice acting. First, a studio decides that they want to make a project that requires voice actors, 
either an animated series, video game, commercial, or other type of voiceover project. A producer or multiple producers is then put in charge of hiring the talent to create that project. This includes procuring a writer, a director, a recording studio, and the actors needed to portray the characters. The producers then create what is called a breakdown. A breakdown is a list of all the characters in the show, with descriptions of the characters and sample lines the characters should speak. These descriptions and lines are also known as character sides. The next step in the production is to somehow distribute these sides to actors so they can audition for the project. However, the producers don't want just any actors. They want the best possible actors for their project. In the past, this meant that they would often hire a casting director whose job was to keep an address book full of talented actors whom they might suggest for available roles. The casting director would make it their business to be familiar with as many marketable actors as possible and also to foster relationships with the agents who represented those actors. This meant they knew exactly who to call if a certain type of role became available. This is still how it works in most on-camera film and TV work. However, in voice acting, producers often tend to bypass casting directors and go straight to the agents. They may reach those agents directly via email or through a website like voicebank.net, which distributes casting breakdowns to agents. The agents then decide which character sides to give to certain actors whom they represent, trying to make sure that the actors who audition are appropriate for the roles they've been given. I get regular emails from my agent with audition sides, which I then record at home and email back to my agent. Sometimes I'm called into my agent's office to audition there in person. Other times, auditions are held at different studios around L.A., no matter where the audition might be held, the traditional Hollywood casting system for voiceover is to distribute breakdowns and sides to actors via their agents. This means that if you want to work in high-profile Hollywood projects, your skill level needs to be very high so you can attract an agent who believes that you are marketable enough to get cast in these projects. This tier of voiceover work is highly competitive and should only be approached when you know you're skilled enough to work with the actors you hear in your favorite shows and video games. If you're not at that level yet, there are other options available to you. Nowadays, because of the Internet and the increased availability of inexpensive recording equipment, the casting model for some projects has changed. There are now what are called pay-to-play websites that you as an individual actor can sign up for in order to get access to certain kinds of auditions. Voices.com and Voice123.com are two of the leading websites in this field. You pay these websites an annual fee in order to get access to the breakdowns and character sides of producers who have chosen to use that website to help them cast their projects. Your fee also grants you space on their website to create an online actor profile where you can post a resume and your voiceover demos. Keep in mind that you will most likely not find well-known animation and video game projects listed on pay-to-play sites. Most high-profile projects from major studios tend to use the agent model of casting. The most common types of projects listed on pay-to-play sites tend to be lower-budget, independent, or international projects. Something else you'll need to remember about pay-to-play sites is that the level of competition will still be high due to the fact that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of actors looking for work on these sites. 
you'll be competing with them for whatever projects are submitted to the site. This means you'll need patience and dedication to be able to submit yourself many times without immediate results, and you may need to build your skills until you stick out from the crowd before you're hired. Another approach to marketing yourself involves becoming versed in what types of voiceover might be needed by lesser-known producers, like corporations, publishers, or small businesses. This way, you can try approaching these employers directly and offering them your services. Although, to be successful taking this route, you need to understand how to market yourself effectively without becoming a nuisance. Marketing is an art, and the topic is far too large a subject for just one podcast. So definitely start reading up on the subject and become familiar with what it takes to share what you have to offer with potential clients. If you take the time to learn marketing skills and how to approach potential employers in a professional way, you can find voiceover work. I have found that such an entrepreneurial approach to voiceover tends to work best in fields like audiobooks, industrial narration, commercials, phone trees, or other kinds of voiceover work you can do from your home studio. Producers of more character-based projects like animation and video games usually prefer to receive submissions from actors only when they are actively casting a project and may not appreciate more direct marketing. This is not to say that you can't try, but remember that there is no second chance to make a first impression. And if you make yourself a nuisance, no one is going to be inclined to hear what you have to offer, no matter how great it is. Before I had an agent... I did have to pursue casting directors and producers on my own in order to work on their projects. I did my best to be as polite and non-intrusive as possible when making these initial connections with industry professionals. Many of my audition opportunities came through friends of mine who I met either in acting class or working on independent or low-budget projects. I've watched many of my voice acting students take this approach, and because they were not only skilled, but reliable and easy to work with, their connections gave them chances to get cast in anime series and independent video games. When I was younger, it was important to me to build a reputation for professionalism and excellent acting ability. This meant that my colleagues in the acting community could trust that I would not let them down if they recommended me to producers who were trying to cast their projects. Regardless of which casting paradigm you attempt to use, whether it be by seeking representation with an agent, signing up for a pay-to-play site, or by marketing yourself directly to potential clients, don't forget that your skills do need to be professionally competitive. This means that your acting has to be as good as or better than the people who are currently working in the types of projects you are pursuing. If you're not at least as good as those who are currently working, producers have no incentive to hire you. So, if your skills aren't up to par, it is vitally important to build them up before you attempt to audition for projects. One of the best ways to improve your skills is by taking classes with reputable teachers. They will help you gain the skills and the knowledge you need in order to be competitive in voice acting. Once your skills are competitive, putting up a website and making some business cards are great ways to help you begin to market yourself. But they are not enough to get you hired you will still need to submit yourself for consideration, whether it be on your own or through an agent. In voiceover, you need to prove yourself again and again with every audition. Especially in the beginning, no one will pursue you, 
because the competition for voiceover work is so high that there are already hundreds of other hopefuls actively submitting auditions in order to be considered for roles. Most producers get so many submissions for their projects that it can be a challenge just to listen to all of them. This means that even when you become well-known in the industry, producers are not going to come looking for you. You have to promote yourself to them. By then, ideally you'll have attracted an agent to help you, but you'll still need to keep submitting auditions. You're never going to reach a point where you're so famous as a voice actor that you don't need to audition. You have to remind producers again and again that you are the answer to their casting problems, and that if they hire you as a voice actor, their project will be the best it can possibly be. In the field of voiceover, you need to be proactive, because even established actors can get swept under by the waves of new hopefuls eager for a chance to play a role in the next hit project. So polish those acting skills, learn about marketing, and cultivate persistence and professionalism so you can make a good impression again and again as you build your voice acting career. On to the next question. Hello there, Mr. Crispin Freeman. My name is Stephen from Savannah, Georgia. I was wondering, since there are so many different kinds of voiceover work, whether it be from video games, anime, or commercials, I was wondering, can you apply to certain kinds of voiceover work, or do you just put yourself out in the open and take what you can get? Thank you for your time, and thank you so much for the podcast. Hi there, Stephen. I picked your question because I feel it's a good follow-up to Anthony's question about the casting process. Let's assume that you have become a professionally competitive voice actor, and either through your agent, pay-to-play website, or your own marketing efforts, you have started getting access to auditions for projects. What now? Do you decide to only audition for certain genres of projects, such as animation, video games, commercials, or audiobooks? Or do you audition for absolutely everything that comes your way? I would suggest that early on in your career, you should probably audition for everything that comes your way. The reason is, you may not know what kind of voiceover work your voice is best suited for. You might think you know, but chances are there are some surprises waiting out there for you. At the beginning of my career, I had the opportunity to do some narration work for a medical industrial video. This was not something I had previously been familiar with, nor had I been actively pursuing this type of voiceover work. It turned out, I was very good at speaking all the technical medical jargon that was in the script. I had no idea I would be facile at that kind of voiceover work until I tried it. Therefore, it is wise to cast a wide net when you're first starting out so that you don't accidentally limit your opportunities. Over time, you'll discover what sorts of projects you tend to get cast in and which ones you don't. There are certain types of projects you will have a natural affinity for, while you may struggle to get cast in other types of voiceover work. There's no need to worry about this because it's completely natural. It turns out that in the world of voiceover, voice actors tend to fall into one of two camps. Either they do more character-based work in projects like video games and animation, or they tend to work more in narration-style voiceover, like commercials, audiobooks, and industrials. This doesn't mean that an actor can't do both kinds of work, it just means one type will usually make up the majority of their jobs. It is rare the actor who has an equal number of jobs in both fields of voiceover work. 
The only way you'll discover where your skills are most appreciated is to get out there and audition for as many projects as you can. Most likely you'll find that you have an affinity for one type of job, which is great to know because that's your initial sweet spot, and you can confidently market yourself for that kind of work. If you find that you're great at one type of voiceover, but you struggle in other areas, don't despair. It's always possible to expand your skills. If there is any area of voiceover that you have not had as much success in, by all means take the time to study it. Take classes with people who are successful in that field and do your best to improve your chances of getting cast in those projects. Just remember, you don't have to be equally good at everything. It's great to always be growing and expanding your capabilities. It increases your marketability and your income possibilities, and it gives you more to look forward to as your skills increase. Just don't beat yourself up if you're not top-notch at absolutely every aspect of voiceover. The voice acting world is a diverse one, and every successful voice actor has certain niches where they do the majority of their work. The same will probably be true for you as well. So be sure to celebrate and be grateful for what you're good at while looking forward to becoming more. In the meantime, make sure to try every type of voiceover work you can so you can discover where you'll be most successful. You will definitely learn a lot, and you may discover hidden talents that surprise you. Thanks so much to Anthony and Stephen for their great questions. If any of my listeners would like to call in with your own thoughts, thank yous, or questions, the number is 323-696-2655. Please remember to state your first name and what city in the world you're calling from before leaving your message. I'll include this call-in number in the blog post associated with this podcast on voiceactingmastery.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Voice Acting Mastery Podcast with Crispin Freeman. To get your free report revealing the five most common mistakes to avoid in voice acting, point your web browser to www.freevoiceactinggift.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.